You're listening to Creating a Universe, a Love Anarchy podcast hosted by William J. Rogers. On this show, we follow the journey of creatives, artists, and entrepreneurs who are making a name for themselves in the ever-evolving landscape of today's industry. Featuring an insight into both Love Anarchy and the Labaniverse music universe, as well as the individual projects and stories of each of our guests from the music industry and beyond. So whether you're a budding creative or simply interested in what goes on behind the scenes, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to Creating a Universe. I'm your host, William J. Rogers, and today's episode is a very special one as it's our very first one. So we'll normally be looking to have guests on the show, but as it's the first episode today, I figured I'd get things kicked off myself. Uh, Just going to do a bit of an introduction to the podcast and uh, tell you a little bit about my own story. So let's get into it. So what exactly is this podcast about? Well, I'd say first and foremost, it's about the journey of a creative person, whether that's you or, uh, you know, as an artist or entrepreneur, uh, or perhaps you're just someone that's interested in the inner workings of it all. Either way, I hope that this is going to be educational, entertaining, or valuable to you in some kind of way. Um, so creating a universe, what does that mean? You know, there's kind of a couple of angles on this. Uh, if you follow what we do, um, you know, if you're already familiar with my work, then, uh, you'll know that the big kind of creative project that we have is called the Levaniverse, uh, music universe. And so, um, the idea for that is kind of the, uh, it's like lots of different artists uh, that are all these kind of fictional characters. They all have their own story and stuff, and they're all from the same fictional universe, the Levaniverse. Um, so, in in a sense, we're kind of uh, literally creating our own universe. But there's also kind of a, a second spin on this, which is that. Um, we all live in our own little world in a way, you know, especially as creative people, we just kind of, uh, you know, live in our own little bubble and, and that's surrounded by all the things that we're thinking about and the ideas that we have and the things that we want to achieve and, you know, the art that we create. And, uh, and, and so I kind of call that process like creating your own little universe. And so a lot of what we're going to be doing here on this podcast is to get an insight into these little universes of various different creators. You know, we want to kind of get beneath the surface of, um, you know, what inspires them to do what they do and what their visions are and what their ways of going about making a name for themselves are, you know. So we'll be talking about things from a creative angle, We'll be talking about things from a business angle, you know, um, no holds barred in a way. So we can make things as kind of transparent and as, um, valuable as, as possible. That's the idea. So creating a universe, whether it's our universe, love anarchy and the love universe, or it's the only little creative universes of all of our various guests, we're going to be getting into all of that. And, uh, and yeah, ultimately from this, um, give you an experience that I hope as a creator yourself, you can, um, find resourceful, uh, and I hope as potentially just a fan or, uh, listener that, uh, 
really kind of gives you a deeper insight into all the kind of goings on of your favorite creative people. So once again, just a little bit more about uh, what I do to kick things off. And uh, I'm the founder of a company called Love Anarchy, which is responsible for Love Anarchy Records and the Love Anniverse Music Universe. Um, so that music universe, the idea is that uh, there's lots of these artists and they're all from the same fictional universe, kind of like uh, the Marvel Universe, but with rock stars instead of superheroes. So each of them has their own kind of story, their own uh, inspirations and aesthetic and uh, musical style. And uh, I work on these projects with various collaborators to kind of um, bring these, uh, bring organic life to these characters, let's say. Um, we've, we've got a bunch of them so far. There's Flavor Nurse, which is a band that I front, and there's Yarima, which uh, is fronted by my wife, Maria. Um, there's plenty more as well coming along the way. Really, the kind of vision is the sky's the limit, and uh, in the future, we'll be looking to make a lot of these uh, different artists. So that's the Levanaverse. Uh, as well as that, we also look to extend our services towards supporting other artists. Uh, I mean, we've had to do a lot ourselves and learn a lot and um, build resources to be able to do what we're doing. So uh, we would like to be able to share that with people who can benefit. And therefore, we kind of offer a host of um, mostly remote services that, you know, uh, creative people and artists and entrepreneurs and stuff um, can can reach out. In terms of my own personal journey, I've been playing music my whole life, really. Uh, I was obsessed with music from a very young age. And um, I, I started teaching myself guitar around seven or eight years old. Uh, and yeah, just really played it obsessively from that point. Uh, I was kind of absolutely determined to become a rock star, you know, in this uh, typical sense. So uh, even, even back then, I was always trying to form bands and create projects. Uh, most of my friends didn't even really play instruments, but I would kind of give everybody a name and try and get s some kind of band together. Um, it was really cool at the time I was growing up in the early 2000s. Uh, you just had these kind of internet innovations coming along like YouTube and MySpace. So uh, I'd be like 11 years old on my computer creating MySpace pages for my kind of fictional bands and you know, adding, trying to add record labels and things like that. Uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, I don't think anyone, any of them would have known that it was just an 11 year old kid, but there we go. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's funny because, uh, you know, it's not a million miles away from what I'm doing now. So, you know, um, I guess in a way I just felt always compelled to, to do this kind of work. And, um, you know, I was always particularly drawn to these kind of uh, theatrical acts, you know, larger than life um, artists that sort of blended kind of multimedia aspects into what they were doing. So, you know, um, from from bands like Kiss or, I don't know, Rob Zombie, you know, um, to a kind of more modern times, you have bands like Ghost and... Uh, 
virtual bands as well. It was another big thing. So uh, something like Gorillaz or uh, Death Clock from Metalocalypse, that was certainly hugely influential. Um, I, I, that just always excited me. And uh, I, I always enjoyed, um, you know, the likes of musical theater and, um, you know, just these kind of larger than life sort of bombastic productions. They're um, so fun and can be such great pieces of art um, that uh, I always felt very inspired by it. Um, so I, I played music really all the way, as I said, from when I was a kid. Throughout my teenage years, I was constantly just, you know, trying to form bands and, uh, you know, hoping that, I don't know, we could get some record deal or whatever and I could just go on tour and live crazy rock and roll lifestyle. Um, obviously, it didn't really turn out like that, like as with most people. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of personal issues and stuff uh, growing up and, um, you know, my parents sort of sp split when I was young. And um, so... So yeah, I mean, uh, in lack of uh, really kind of seeing much success, you know, having lots of projects fall apart and whatnot, uh, you know, it just kind of got the better of me. I, I felt a bit sort of aimless and directionless in life and uh, had some issues with, um, you know, drugs and alcohol and things like that. You know, I just depression and, you know, the these things that many creative people kind of uh experience um i got myself into a real rut and then i decided that you know i just had nothing to lose you know once you hit rock bottom you kind of uh it dawns on you and you know i just felt that kind of ultimatum of the fact that i could waste my life away or you know i could really just clean up my act and uh, make a serious attempt, just put absolutely everything I've got into trying to make a success of myself, you know, and, and to make a career in music. The one project that I had uh, that, you know, kind of stood the test of time and kind of got me through all these years was uh, a project called Flavor Nurse, which is a kind of uh, crucial part of the Levanaverse. But back then, um, it, it was really just an idea between me and Toby, who is, uh, you know, one of my best friends since childhood. Um, he would play bass and I played guitar and uh, we'd write songs together. And we had this kind of vision of the perfect rock band that we could form from it. Uh, and, and really, just that idea uh, is kind of what got me through some of these harder times and gave me something to work towards. And, and that meant that when I felt that I needed to go all in, I had something to take direction with. So, uh, so yeah, for a while, Toby and I, uh, we lived together and we got a place and I just spent time um, learning music production and demoing our songs. Um, I, you know, I was also getting clean at the time and uh, just, you know, realigning myself to um, be as effective as possible. Uh, you know, we managed to get a full band together and start gigging. And, you know, that was cool. That uh, got us, uh, you know, out of the 
out of the rut and um you know out there doing it doing something at least um so for a time we were you know playing the gigs and doing all that but i realized if uh if we really wanted to be successful that it'd be kind of necessary to um think of this as a business and you know i mean that's uh a very important aspect to um to being successful as an artist that uh many artists neglect and ultimately that will be a downfall because you know you can sort of have this hopeful thinking that um you know if you just kind of go out there and keep at it that something will come out the sky and happen for you you know but that doesn't happen so much these days, you know, with a uh, lucrative record deal for an unknown band, you know. I mean, especially in this online era, you have to really kind of take things into your own hands when it comes to building a fan base. Um, so I knew that we had to do something and that it had to be serious, but I didn't know <laughs> what to do. I was honestly completely clueless when it came to business. Um, I, uh, I, yeah, I just kind of jumped headfirst, uh, into the deep end and tried to learn everything that I could. And we founded Love Anarchy as a company in 2017. Uh, I was 21 years old at the time. And yeah, I mean, at first it was just like running around like headless chickens. You know, there was a, there was a group of us and, um, we all just sort of, wanted to be useful and have ideas and do all of that but uh it took a long time before it was organized in any kind of sense of you know doing real business nonetheless uh at that kind of time we were mostly using it for um promoting shows and stuff that we were doing we'd hire out venues and get friendly bands and stuff to play and uh put it all under love anarchy um Really, uh, during that time, I, uh, you know, went the old school route a little bit more and I literally spent my time just going out to gigs and pubs and, uh, and, and whatnot every night, you know, just networking at shows and meeting bands, uh, seeing different bands perform every night. Um, I did that for ages and as well, like coming off the back of, uh, you know, being somewhat of a hermit for some time and having my struggles and stuff, uh, I was kind of a nervous wreck uh, at the time that we formed Love Anarchy. Uh, but I knew that I wanted to make new for, for ourselves. Like, uh, we got a new place together and we moved to a new town and so just wanted to hit the ground running. So yeah, we'd spoken about uh, the ideas of using characters and concepts and such with, within the band Flavor Nurse and and the likes. And so I had this character, Gaius Black, uh, which is my alter ego, as it were. And at that time, um, you know, I suppose I was having a little bit of a crisis of identity and whatnot. And we kind of died down uh, from the Levaniverse, you know, taking uh, the front stage, uh, whilst Flavonus was active as a band. Really, um, we kind of started to just get carried away with following this trajectory of being an up-and-coming band in our own right. Um, so as I was Gaius in the band, 
and that was my kind of stage name, I decided to sort of really adopt that more as my whole image. Um, so I really just, uh, you know, had the kind of stage clothes and whatnot, and that's what I would carry around with me all the time. So, um, you know, uh, from, from all kinds of things, really, it was uh, sort of psychedelic, uh, gothic, um, <laughs> glam kind of attire. I would wear uh, flares and um, a feather boas was a, was a real signature of Flavorness. Uh, we always played our shows with feather boas across our mic stands and uh, people would always love them and try and steal them and throw feathers around and there was actually a uh, always a feather trail wherever we'd been you could always tell that Flavor Nurse had been somewhere because there'd be little multicolored feathers all down uh, you know all all down the the path to uh, Flavor Nurse was here um and so, yeah, I, and during this time, I just was Gaius. I would go out to gigs every night, as I said, and, uh, and, uh, and yeah, and just meet people and introduce myself as Gaius. Gaius, you know, the front man of Flavor Nurse uh, and dude from Love Anarchy. And at the time, that's kind of what Love Anarchy became was just like this community. You know, it was, I thought of it more like a, a movement, like, you know, grunge movement or something in that um we could kind of unite a load of bands that are kind of on similar wavelengths and we can all sort of just uh club together to share our resources and our skills and all you know help one another out in achieving our goals which you know our like-minded goals of becoming successful bands ultimately um so yeah i would i would go out and see hundreds and hundreds of bands and the ones that I really kind of uh, made the connection with the most um, would invite them to kind of become a part of Love Anarchy, you know, just a, a part of our community and what we were doing. And really that's kind of what it was. As I say, I was still very incompetent when it came to business. I was kind of just a clueless artsy kind of guy. And um and and yeah, so so I guess there was this kind of idea of like we could have Love Anarchy Records, our own our own label that can put our music out, and we can have Love Anarchy this and that to kind of benefit all of us, you know. And we can all sort of club in and work on it together. Um, eventually, that kind of became tricky because I kind of realized it, that there needed to be. Uh, you know, more leadership there. There needed to be some kind of sense of structure f for that to be successful. Like, you know, if we had a properly running record label, then there's something valuable to offer, you know. We had the gigs and stuff, but I think that most people that have come up on the, on the gigging scenes in today's day and age will know that, uh, that yeah, it's not <laughs> what it used to be. Uh, gigs can be pretty tricky um you know don't get me wrong they're not uh live music isn't dead by any means but uh people certainly don't go out uh to pubs to watch local bands um definitely like they perhaps used to in fact you know we all know that uh all the small venues are 
in trouble of closing down as it is. So, you know, that's one thing. And, I, you know, say what you will about, about the live music scene. Um, for us, we were struggling to really cut through there. And um, so, yeah, you know, working with all these other bands in this kind of way, it sort of, uh, you know, tensions kind of arose and it all kind of fizzled out, you know. Um, that happens. But it definitely just taught me that I needed to take action personally on um, creating something that delivers real value. You know, I wanted to genuinely really be able to help other artists and I wanted to be able to uh, get myself out there too, you know, and just extend that sense of community, you know, and uh, and get my ideas and my music and my creations, um, you know, out to people who will ultimately enjoy them uh, and find value in them. So, so I yeah, I really I just kept my head down. Um, I I kept learning and learning everything that I could about business or marketing or, um, you know, how, how to do anything that's involved here, which there is an awful lot of things <laughs> that are involved. Um, so that's kept me busy. And at the same time, creatively, I started to get kind of uh, stagnant within just performing in Flavor Nurse and being a band. Um, there had always been these ideas uh, with Toby and our other friend Rob. We'd always spoken about uh, the Levaniverse, as it were. So all of these kind of characters and stories that we'd created. Um, you know, early on, Rob had a character. I think Rob's character existed before uh, the Flavor Nurse ones even did. And that was Grundle Bumfist. Obviously, uh, very tongue-in-cheek name and, and character to reflect. Um, and, and so Grundle is a part of the Flavonous story, and uh, you know they know each other, and the, those guys play in Grundle's band as well, Black Tongue Bile. Um, however, all that was was just some kind of nonsense stories that we'd created together. Uh, nevertheless... Rob uh, would come to the Flavor shows dressed as Grundle, as this character with, you know, black metal makeup and spiky gloves and, you know, topless with leather harnesses. And it was uh, a very outlandish character. And he would just kind of be a part of our show. Uh, he would um, do crazy antics. He'd do, he'd do lighting, but uh, he would really use the lights more as props. Um... And just uh, cause kind of general, let's just say he kept the crowd on their toes. Um, one particular signature move that we do all the time is uh, uh, Flavor Nurse has a song called Love is the Reason. And it has this kind of, it's a kind of ballady song and it has this epic guitar solo. And so, uh, and so Grundle would come out to the front of the stage and, uh, and, like I would mount him essentially uh, onto his shoulders and he would carry me through the audience as I played this guitar solo and often throw in plenty of his own antics as well. Um, uh, yeah, it was uh, f funny times, but, uh, but yeah, obviously people would see that and they would not understand anything about 
the context of this. <laughs> but it was a pretty kind of wacky, entertaining thing at the show, I suppose. So people enjoyed Grundle and, uh, you know, these kind of um, crazy names and stuff that we all had. Uh, yeah, but after a while anyway, um, I, I decided that we needed to do more with the Levanaverse. Uh, I got tired of going to these gigs and, uh, you know, standing in piercing uh, really awful toilets of uh, these venues and whatever. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I kind of burned out from that. And I sort of reset myself musically in a way. Like I spent some time um, just listening to like classical music and, um kind of rediscovering my inspiration and from there because i was living in london at the time i decided uh instead of going to the gigs and stuff i'd go to the theaters instead on the west end i figured that um i probably wasn't going to live in london forever um but uh but whilst i'm here i might as well make the most of it uh if you're clever as well like uh and you're buying tickets uh, in short notice, then you can get some pretty amazing prices. I mean, I'd literally be going for 10, 15 pounds, um, to all the shows on the West end. And I'd see operas as well. And, uh, classical music performance. And these things just really started inspiring me. Um, I was also like getting into like film music and, um, you know, just this amazing depth of musicality that there is in uh, like orchestration and as well just, um, you know, composing for something like musical theater where you're incorporating story and choreography and it's just a kind of full-bodied spectacle, as it were. And and I just realized that that's, if that's what really inspired me to create. I knew that um, even Flavonurse, it was always hard to settle on the genre. It was always like, rock but just kind of all the, an entire rainbow of of rock music you know like all the different elements that we liked and uh and yeah i could never necessarily fixate on just being you know this niche um and yeah that kind of creative uh itchiness just yeah eventually kind of grew out of of flavorness and i knew that i could make for instance, that record for Black Tone Vile. You know, I knew that I could write some really great heavier stuff that I felt compelled to do. And again, because I was always just so inspired by other artists, you know, when I would see these other bands on the scene that I really connected with, I was so inspired by them, you know, uh, especially uh, often the front people. I just, just with larger than life character and um, these charismatic performances, it just inspired me so much to how they could be this character, you know, in terms of what they represent. And that whole thing could be turned into such a spectacle. And I want to write music for that. So, so yeah, I, I knew that the, the only way it would be possible to really write such a spectacle is to go back to this idea we had of a universe, a universe that connected a whole host of musical acts. And I thought that that's something that's never really been done before, not on this scale 
Uh, and and why? Because you know, in my mind, that that would be the coolest thing ever. Uh, and in reality, there's definitely some good reasons why. Because it's uh, insanely difficult to pull off. Like uh, if it's not hard enough to make it with one artist as it is, creating a whole b bunch of them is is pretty crazy. But you know, nonetheless, this is a vision that I've always been committed to, and especially from this point on. Uh, I just really started to focus in on that. Um, so yeah, again, I kept my head down even more and learned even more skills, and that's something that's never-ending. Uh, never had any money, so it's you know always been a case of being as resourceful as I could possibly be. So once uh, once things kind of winded down with playing gigs with Flavor Nurse, I mean, I kind of realized that if we were going to focus on creating all these different projects and it would be sort of concept-based, that um, the focus on live music was probably going to have to go, at least at least at this time. Um, so things started winding down with Flavor Nurse Palette performing as a band. And, uh, and at that kind of time, I also met my wife, Maria. And, uh, you know, that was definitely a blessing for me because... Um, Really, from that point onwards, I started to kind of have a uh, much more sense of stability in my life. Uh, if it wasn't quite clear, I lived a relatively chaotic lifestyle um, prior to that. So that gave me a lot more perspective. And as well, Maria was um, driven in a similar way and also uh, had a lifelong passion uh, for music as a singer and a songwriter, but is also very resourceful. Uh, she's skilled as a photographer, but again, in the, uh, you know, from all the experience that we've kind of lived and working on making our, our whole thing happen, uh, her skills have grown enormously, you know, uh, and she's done the majority of the graphic design work and the visual kind of work to everything that we've been doing. So yeah, Maria and I kind of formed a real team and we obviously got a place together and we made our own little home studio. And this was in London still. Um, but that meant that I started to really focus on being a producer because then uh, if I could produce the music myself, um, that was certainly going to be much more a much more direct way, especially without money, of, uh, of making the things happen that we wanted to do. So... We set up that studio and I started producing um, music and we did, we produced Yarima, which is the project that Maria is fronting. Uh, and as well, at this time, we were also working with some other bands. So uh, I, I was producing bands and kind of just helping them out, not necessarily managing them, but, you know, helping them with the various things that um, that we can help them with and sort of welcoming them into this kind of love anarchy family you know this this community and uh and so yeah that's it's always again remained at the fore focus of of what we're kind of about that we want to create this community with artists and kind of help support other artists especially like-minded good people that um just uh you know want the same things that that we all want and um and so, yeah, I think the way that that developed was that, you know, through all of these skills 
that Maria and I have built from um, making this business and learning how to market it and, you know, learning e-commerce and, um, you know, email funnels and Facebook ads and all of these things, um, you know, that became the way that we could really deliver value to uh, artists or other creators or even just people that can benefit from those things. Um, you know, first and foremost, people that we have a connection with, of course. Um, you know, we want all these interactions to be meaningful, uh, you know, and valuable, at least. So, um, so yeah, that kind of began, began in, uh, that kind of began in London. Um, and then Marie and I, we kind of went on a bit of a crazy journey. And obviously it was a bit of a mad time for everybody when, uh, lockdown hit. But at that time I'd been growing frustrated. I didn't, I wanted to get out of London. Uh, you know, I was born in London and lived in the kind of slums for most of my life there. And, uh, and I was just kind of sick of it. I wanted to get somewhere with more space so we could just concentrate on doing this work because it was an absolute ton of work. So yeah, I needed to leave my day job, leave London. That was, you know, everything that I was looking for at that time. So then when there was a sign that we could be going into lockdown, uh, that made me think like, we have to, we have to do it now. We have to get out. Uh, otherwise we don't know what's going to happen. And so that was a bit of a crazy time. Uh, I won't go into everything of it now, but, um, you know, we, we basically, uh, had a little bit of a chaotic situation, uh, moving around, but we eventually settled down up in the North of England. Um, and yeah, that ended up being everything that we were looking for. Uh, we got set up there and went full-time on Love Anarchy. And, uh, yeah, certainly, uh, was challenging for, for a good time, but you know, I, we were doing what we were meant to be doing and, and that, uh, that was the most important thing. So yeah, we really just spent all of our time learning, but you know, hands-on getting experience and, uh, trying to kind of understand and learn the ropes of the whole kind of e-commerce aspect, how we could sell music online um you know and do social media and build a fan base and a community and make all that happen and of course as well record uh our first albums uh i mean one good thing about obviously when we moved here is we got an even better studio that you know we could actually um you know as well plus a bit more experience on my end we could actually really kind of produce mix and master like full records ourselves. so um in 2021 we uh we recorded the debut yarima album here and uh and yeah and we put that out and started building a following for yarima and a fan base and honestly that uh that went really well and uh certainly certainly grateful for that it's it's really uh fantastic to see how much uh some people out there love yarima um uh, as well there had been the flavor nurse album which had been in the works for years we actually started recording stuff years before and you know through all these kind of twists and turns it just uh it just never fully clicked together and so eventually by the end of the year as well 
we finished off the album so we had some stuff that was recorded some parts we recorded some stuff again a couple of songs needed to be recorded from scratch um but those songs really had existed for years by that point and it was therefore kind of quite a cathartic thing to finally release the flavor nurse album um but of course the unique thing this time is that we'd built the Levanaverse, you know as an entity and we made our website that's full of all this kind of lore and stuff of parts that uh toby and rob and i predominantly had written over the years and we released this music under that so we have yarima and flavor nurse and they're both artists that are from this universe and so by 2021 we'd kind of established uh our thing what it is that we do um you know this music universe so as well as working on the levanaverse stuff we also had the services and such which of course we just focused on um you know more remote services uh that we can offer so you know which is still plenty but um there have been a couple of bands that have come and recorded here but you know mostly uh, friends and such that we have more you know uh of a closer connection with uh but predominantly we focus on you know in in music uh i can do the mixing and mastering and such here and uh you know we have all of our graphic design services and marketing services the advertising and emails and ultimately um you know i can consult with people via zoom or something along those lines so you know there's lots of ways that i think that we can uh give support to artists and um and yeah i mean people are free to just get in touch about that and again i think the most important thing is that there's we have somewhat of a connection doesn't mean that we need to know each other first to inquire it just means that you know we should have some common ground if i can really like uh get a grasp of who you are as an artist and and the music that you're making and if you think that we're going to be the right people to work with for you then i think that we can have a uh you know a meaningful connection develop where that we can you know both benefit from that's the idea anyway i mean um of course as well the levanaverse is just a very collaborative project by nature so um you know we always want to be uh finding the kind of best people to work with there and um you know of course i'm i'm therefore open to uh creating new characters new projects new music with people um because ultimately with the levanaverse i want to expand it as far as it can go you know my my vision would be that uh, in the future there's going to be plenty of people uh working on this and creating projects and music and you know it's not necessarily all just about me and my work you know i just uh as long as i maintain my outlet for that you know i'm happy to uh focus on the projects that you know i really uh can deliver on and you know enable many more great ones to happen um because once again the bit in the bigger picture i for me it's all about community you know and it's all about creating an environment that a lot of people can find value in whether that's um creators you know and artists and such or just fans listeners you know people that enjoy the overall experience um 
you know, those are the people that we, we want to serve. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that takes up a lot of what we do. And that's sort of where we are now. Um, going forward, we've got a whole bunch of Levaniverse projects coming out. Um, some stuff has been kind of teased and others not. Um, we have obviously uh, the project with Grundle, Black Tongue Bile, which is uh, a death metal space opera. The first album is like an hour long opera that we wrote. Uh, and uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's totally ridiculous. Um, it's, it's heavy, but <sighs> over the top and silly and bombastic. And, you know, I think hopefully just good fun really and uh i hope that people are going to enjoy that um it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea but if you like something like metalocalypse uh which i mentioned earlier that toby rob and i i mean we grew up watching that as teenagers and uh you know in a way i'd say this project is kind of like our little nod to uh to that and and to death clock um but it's certainly very much our own i mean grundle is quite a unique character and um you know the whole world that he's from that's a part of our universe you know that's something that we're just going to get to explore more and more so we've got that one and we've got a whole bunch of other projects coming up but um yeah i mean if you follow what we're doing you're going to see that you know as as it comes out and uh if you listen to this podcast of course um you know we're going to be talking about those projects i mean i'm going to actually personally uh, try and be as transparent as I can about what goes into making those projects and how we run them. Um, you know, I want it, I want to do it in a way that's going to be useful if you're a creator yourself and you're looking to do something similar, um, then you can learn from our experiences. Uh, I want to be transparent enough to deliver that. But at the same time, I also want it to just be entertaining hopefully and especially if you enjoy uh what we create then uh hopefully it's going to be really cool to get to hear the real kind of process behind it so you know again as i mentioned uh i'm not planning to do too much of these by myself um but uh we will be talking to the collaborators on different projects you know we'll talk to rob about black tongue bile and we'll talk to Maria about Yarima, and we'll talk to all the different creators uh, about all the different projects and stuff that we do. Uh, of course, um, of course, it's not just going to be about Levaniverse and our projects. Uh, we're also going to be getting on, you know, various other guests and talking about them and their project and you know their own universe, as it were. Um, of, of all of the things that they create and work on and their kind of day-to-day -day thinking and reasoning behind it all and the workings of, you know, how they go about making a name for themselves. So I hope that this podcast is going to be uh, enjoyable. Uh, I'm sure that we'll kind of get in the swing of things more as we go. Uh, I've personally never done anything like this before. It's my first time uh, really just speaking openly to a camera like this so um yeah it's a, it's a new experience um but uh yeah in the next episode we'll get some guests on and uh and for most of the ones going forward 
and I think that uh, it's going to be a good time. I, I think that um, you know it's going to be great to hear more people's experiences, and it's going to be um, exciting for me to talk to lots of interesting people because, as I say, I'm always so sort of inspired by by others that um, you know I'd really absolutely love the opportunity to pick some people's brains. So. Uh, you know, we'll be sharing that with you on this podcast, and uh, I hope that's going to be enjoyable. So, uh, you know, that's probably it for uh, for this episode, and uh, you know, I hope that uh, it was not too shaky as a start. I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'll catch you on the next episode, and. Take care. All the best.